Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. After a week's break, it's Paul here with... Sean. Chris. And Lee. And the desk from hell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to kick off with an apology that we couldn't get a show out last week. Uh, my fault on the Monday because I was working. And then on the Wednesday we'd ordered this brand sparkling new mixing desk that turned up broken. Which we'd got to replace the previous brand sparkling new mixing desk which i had to send back because it turned up broken so this will be take three so desk number three is on the way so we've, we've i would say we've got two weeks of f1 to catch i up think on, but well we I, I th- no i think what it is as well is that people package um things for the isle of man as though they're like not going overseas but in <laughs> in actual real terms it's overseas shipping literally so you know Better packaging for the Isle of Man, please. Well, these two had come from Germany, so they were going overseas anyway because they knew they were going to go overseas. Well, tough shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I bought... There's another one on order, so should we have another COVID lockdown, we'll be able to carry on recording with the... the, What did we work it out? A seventh or eighth different desk that we've used here? Something like that, yeah. And all, I think it's all the ones that we've had. Yeah, got, yeah. Got, going through going through desks like Grosjean goes through front wings. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the first two didn't even leave the pit lane. So, how are we all after uh, two weeks away? Okay, good. Yeah. Good. The Isle of Man is on a, is on a new normal now. We're a not, new yeah. normal. We're not social distancing. We're not. What else? No. We can go to the pub. I, I went to the pub on Saturday. It was brilliant. That's the first time your locals ever been described as brilliant in history. It was. Uh, it was great. <laughs> I, I. I. I absolutely loved it. You know, it was. It, the place was packed. It's been packed since the pubs opened. Packed to the point they ran out of beer. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it was just. It, even just small conversations with people that like you had. Like just like five minute conversations with strangers, you thought, oh, "Fucking hell, I missed this." Yeah, I also went to the pub on Saturday. It was good, good fun. I didn't go to the pub on Saturday. I've not, I've not been to a pub since they opened on Thursday. We didn't, but we we did a gathering, which is another thing we're now allowed to do. Yes, and even yeah. even Dan was at this gathering. Dan gathered. Dan. Dan. Oh, wow. How's Dan doing? That is classified. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's doing. Um, he's doing good. Um, he says that he's going to be joining us at some points during the season when we do our post-race video wrap-ups. Ooh, cool! So, Dan fans, and I, and I know there's some out there. Niska, I'm looking in your direction after that message you sent me earlier. He will. He will be back with us. He might even do a few, um, a few pod, a few pods during the season. That'd, That'd be, be good. Great. So. Uh, yeah, all, all being well. I mean, we'll be we'll be up to a team of five. Nice. Um, what, what else? What else happened over the weekend? Main, mainly drink. So does that mean does that mean that next week we can do the podcast all in the same room again? Well, seeing as next week is going to be our second first race preview show of the year, which we the last first race preview show of the year we did that all in the same room and that was in early march 
Yeah. And that was the last time, I think, wasn't it? That, that was, was the last time we were all in the same room. Yeah, I think so. So we might as well go back to all being in the same room together for our next first race of the year preview show. Excellent. That sounds good. Let's do that. So we'll do that. So from next week, we are back to normal. YouTube as well? Why not? Yeah, can do. You've not buried, you're not buried the camera or something, have you? It's literally above my shoulder. It hasn't been turned on since uh, since the last podcast we did in here. When and you say it's the... above your shoulder, are you wearing a body cam? Maybe. You can't be too <laughs> careful now, can you? Yeah, don't forget, Dan knows where he lives. Don't, don't want don't to get cancelled, do I? <laughs> oh, I can do I can do that very easily. Where's the mute button? <laughs> Don't forget I'm flying this one tonight. Um yeah, I so yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have another attempt at a preview. Should we try and get scarbs on as well? Just just make it like the last preview we did. We could try. Yeah. We could probably use the exact last preview we did, just edit out the bit difference between Austria and Australia. It just uh, uh, edit out the Australia. Uh, Hang on, which how we have the alia bit? Yeah, <laughs> ale. That's all. That's all it, that needs removing. Yeah. Which is what we've had removed from us for the last three months. Yes. I, th- I think if we can not, tr- if we can try and make the like the Austrian Grand Prix as less like the Australian Grand Prix, that would be better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that's probably fair. So yeah, we will have uh, we will have races to preview next week, and uh, yeah, from next week we are. Can we can we not say back to the new normal because that just sounds wrong? We're just we're just we're just going back to normal. Yeah, back to back to normal. The new normal is far too fucking Orwellian for my liking. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you, you, I was saying that there was one there was one thing different about the pubs reopening, but um, you guys put me right because the pubs on the Isle of Man reopened on Thursday and. I'd heard that one of them opened at nine in the morning, which I thought was pretty unusual for them. But apparently that was not the case because they often, this particular boozer often does open kind of. Before yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely yep. the old normal. In yeah. fairness, they were not the only ones that opened at nine in the morning. There was one particular one opened at nine and had a queue from half seven. Wow. The, the the Albert opens at nine o'clock in the morning all the time. I've seen a man fall out of the Albert at eleven a.m., vomit, and go straight back in. You said you wouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was sick. I wasn't drunk. I was just ill. <laughs> And it had nothing to do with COVID. No, in ear imbalance it was. That's why I was wobbly and I vomited. No, so if you, anyway. If, you, if you're drinking oh. responsibly at that time in the morning, it's usually still the night before for me. <laughs> it's, I think if you, the only way you can drink responsibly at that time in the morning is if you're drinking to stop other people drink. <laughs> Yeah, you you being responsible on their behalf. Somebody's got to do it. That's that's taking that's taking one for the team. It is. No, no, nobody's agreeing with me on this one. No. We, do we have motorsport things to discuss? I guess we kind of do. Um, first one was one that came up last week, and the rumor is 
um, that Haas is either up for sale or has been sold, which apparently came as news to Gunter Steiner and Gene Haas. So not true, but does it mean that it isn't, you know, never believe anything in Formula One until it's officially denied? There is an official denier, so it's going to happen at some point, well, some Gene, kind of sale. Gene Haas has said that he thinks Haas are going to stay in F1, which the word think is particularly uh, interesting. Uh, it is. Yeah, it's not I definite. Find it, I, I find it hard that to th- to think that any team would want to it, it, if it can abs- if it can stay in Formula One to at least find out where all the teams land in twenty twenty two. You've got to think they all want to try to. You know, it's it, it feels you know it's it's essentially two seasons away. But really, you're only talking about teams surviving another year and a half, aren't you? Not even that. Yeah, just like a, like a year and a bit. Yeah. Um, because Sir Cyril Lebetabil has been quite um, adamant that he really thinks this budget cap is going to bunch all the t- all the teams together to the point where your um, customer teams like um, I don't know Haas, for instance, for Ferrari or Alfa Romeo will end up getting less preferential treatment from their daddy teams because the daddy teams are going to start seeing them as a threat. Yeah, I mean, that that could be the case. I mean, the other thing that Cyril Abitable said was um, he's happy with what's going on for next year without the um, without the extra tyre development. Because, of course, last, last time we were together, we um, just come out that Pirelli are going to be using the same tyres to the end of 2021. So I think if, if the formula is going to stay exactly the same for two seasons, which it more or less is, there's going to be a little tweak in downforce rules for next year, and that's it. Then I think what happens in 2022, they are looking, look, it's looking more and more likely that everyone is going to be closer together with the new regulations. Um, and especially the with the budget. To look cap. at that little downforce rule, though, uh, it's the uh, in front of the back wheels, the on, on the floor, they're not allowed to develop another area on the floor. And uh, your chief designer from Force, not uh, Force, Force Austin. Martin. False point. Yeah. False, uh, false point. Spike he, yeah. I, as soon as that Aston Martin, the better, because I'm sure I'll remember that. But you still um, can't pronounce Aston Martin properly. No, no, I can't be <laughs> trying to learn how to pronounce it properly. Uh, yeah, as soon as they're Austin Powers, Austin it'll be Metro. much better. Yeah. Um, but the, he said that that uh, small aero change is going to need a front-to-back aero change, like the like a complete new aero kit on all cars. So this this idea of these cars being carried over to next year, uh, more and more is becoming like nonsense. So it's going, to, yeah. it's going to be the same chassis with new bits bolted to it. Then es- essentially, he also pointed out that um, the the they have a development window for next year's car for up until like the 23rd of December and then from the 1st of uh, the 1st of January all focus will shift to 2022 interesting bloody hell so does that mean the cars that we see in Australia will be the cars we see in I'm assuming Abu Dhabi 
next year. For for teams that aren't fighting for a world championship, I think that's what you find. And look, when you think about it, it's always been the teams. I'm looking at uh, tw- uh, 2008 um, Ferrari and McLaren. It's always been the teams that when there's a big, big rule shakeup that are fighting for a world championship, do the biggest fall back. Yeah, like in 2009, I think McLaren only won one race, didn't they, after that year? Yeah. And then Ferrari were not that good either. Well, yeah, because I mean, 2009 was all between Braun and Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what Lee's saying, that McLaren and Ferrari fell back so far because they fought so hard for the 2008 title that they didn't really develop their 2009 car. Mm. And so they were, beat, they were beaten to the punch by, by Red Bull and Braun. Um, so we, we may see the same same kind of thing again. I, I see what Lee's saying with that, where you know the teams that know they're not going to be winning races or world championships might might bring the same car to the beginning as they would to the end. That makes total sense. Whereas, you know, Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, I don't think anybody outside of those three is really realistically going to be fighting for, for race wins. Uh, they might develop a little bit as the season goes on. Especially a team like um, Racing Point. Um, <laughs> the, who won't uh, be Racing, who team, won't be racing right Point because, next year. Yeah, because, because they will, um, they they might be able to have a good car. Uh, they, it, by the sounds of it, I mean, when you think about it, they're going to have to scrap the aero, that's going to be a massive part of their advantage of having the second-hand Merc um, disappeared. You know, they, they could build a good car, but you've got to think with budget caps, them being well-funded, the fact that they've always been able to build a good car anyway, I don't think it's ridiculous to think that um, Aston Martin might be a championship contender in 2022. Sorry, I'm just speechless. You managed to get both team names right for the same it was, team. I was doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, see, I see your point. It, it could be a thing because I mean, we've, we've always praised the Silverstone organisation. Under under their last couple of names, for managing to um, managing to cobble together a car that occasionally has the um, the potential to challenge for podiums on a budget of twenty five p and whatever else they can find down the back of the sofa. Yeah, it's the philosophy that Jordan sort of had originally, isn't it? They kind of carried over. They 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 maybe lost it a little bit through the whole Midland and Spiker era, but um, eventually they they kind of found their way back to that kind of uh, small budget, big thinking kind of. Um, you know, Jordan won races, didn't they? They won Belgium '98 with 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 Damon Hill, and I'm sure they probably won a couple of others as well. I remember they they won one with. Giancarlo Fisi Keller driving for them, but the, Brazil, um, the Brazilian Grand Prix when nobody was entirely sure who'd finished where. Yeah, that was that, that was two thousand and three. I think that was. Yeah, and don't, um, don't forget. I mean, Frenson was um, in with a chance of getting a world title in a Jordan. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So you know, Jordan were were that team that could sort of overstretch a little bit. Uh, yes, it's the same team, the Silverson organization, but. Um, you know, many personnel have come and gone, but it's nice to see that they've still got that um, embedded philosophy of being able to do the most with the smallest amount of money. 
Yeah, I mean, on a sort of pounds pounds spent per point, they're you know they they always have been right up there compared to everyone else. I think they've gone again. We might have to fill until I mm. jiggle some. No, 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 no. They are contemplating. Ah, yeah, yeah. This, this uh, is... I was trying. I was actually trying to think. Uh, I, I don't think. Even like you say, apart from when Jordan went through its like real dip, that team has always been a punch above its weight team, hasn't it? Oh, well, I mean, don't don't forget as well that last, that last season they were called Jordan. They weren't. Um, yeah, they were yeah, actually yeah. Jordan at the time because Eddie had already sold him out to the Midland Group. Yeah, but yeah, the entry yeah, got yellow. in under the Jordan name, and it was the uh, it was the Russian bankers that were actually running the team, and you know they they were only. A yellow car called Jordan because that's what uh, was put on the on the, the entry, entry form before yeah. the, before the sale. So I mean, that, you don't that that you dip don't at the have end to was... be you don't have to be fast to load the money through something. <laughs> if I remember right, was Spiker when they became Spiker were they Dutch for a season? Um, they were Dutch, weren't they? A season and three races because Spiker Spiker bought. Midland before the uh, before the end of the season, but weren't allowed to change the name, so they became title sponsors, and it was Midland Spiker or Spiker Midland. And then right, the, okay. And then the following team, they were Spiker. And then Force India. Yeah, and then of course the Dutch sports car company Spiker found that not only were building Formula One cars difficult, but owning a Formula One team was difficult as well at the time. <laughs> Just at that time. Just at that time. <laughs> yeah, maybe if they'd, te- if they'd have taken Paddy Law on back then, you know, they'd have still been winning now. It must have been easy at Adrian. some point. It, it must have been easy at some point because Eddie Jordan had a team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he got Gary Anderson to do all the hard work. Backs away. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and he hasn't stopped moaning for a second after it. <laughs> Eddie Jordan had his team come up through the ranks, so he was a proper, um, you know, yeah, he did it the proper old school way. And I don't think a lot of you know teams w- are able to do that now. Um, we've spoken about like whether or not Carlin or like Arden would move into into Formula One, um, you know, or, or any of the other teams that that sort of provide cars to you know feed the series but that, that's the way well jordan were a formula 3000 team and before that i think they were a british um formula 3 team so they they moved up the ranks uh, and, and got to formula one i think 1990 or 91 was their first year i'm not sure um so that they moved up the ranks and got to formula one and you know when you look at teams like Haas, for example and the three that came in in 2010, Manor were, were the were the only ones I think uh, I can think of who came in that way. They sort of built up to go into Formula One. HRT were just Spain throwing money at a team. Well, I don't, and... I don't know because I mean HRT started out as Campos Racing, and Campos, of course, have always been sort of fairly big in lower formulas. But, I suppose so. Right? But, yeah, it was Campos but, Meta, wasn't it? Yeah, but they ran out of money before the season started, and uh, Adrian Campos had to sell the team. Yeah, and um, Tony Fernandez was the money behind Lotus and then Caterham, as they were late, late, latterly known. And he had no background in racing as well. He just owned an airline, which, oh, hang on, Paul Stoddart did it. I can do it. Yeah. Don't really work like that. 
No, it really doesn't. But um, yeah, that's. Um, it would be nice if there is another team to come into Formula One that they are a team that's already embedded into motorsport, if you get me. Yeah, I mean, Ross Brown said in the last couple of weeks that he can't see any new teams coming in until 2026. Which That's a long way away, because we might lose teams before then. Which is going to be the... Um, I can't believe we're talking about the next rule shakeup already when um, we haven't even had the one that we were expecting in six months' time. But it, this includes the engines, doesn't it? This is like a, when they can change the engines as well. Yeah, because 2026 is going to be the big engine formula change. Yeah. When See, that, it makes hydrogen, sense hydrogen that you're not going to get cells. any teams in before then because why build such a big, complicated engine like the hybrids for, I, I don't know, for, for us to end up with a hydrogen formula in 2026? Yeah, I mean, we saw that with Honda as well, didn't we? That you can't just jump in. You've got to actually spend a bit of time building the thing first. Maybe having, yeah. a, maybe having a technical partnership with, I don't know, people you can better be in the same room as is probably a good idea if you're going to come in as a supplier. But Well, we thought that's what there Aston Martin that. were doing, didn't we, with Red Bull, and then that just never really got going. Mm. Well, Aston Martin kind of ran out of money, didn't they? And that's true. They ran out of money. They pulled out of all the other series that they were in, uh, entering. You know, the uh, the hyper. They they um they kind of um, bullied the FIA into changing the rules for the for the hypercar series, and then um, pulled out of the hypercar series after pissing off the rest of the teams because they wanted the rules changed. Um, which is why the FIA and IMSA have now um, joined up. You saw the the Daytona the D- Daytona class at Le Mans. That, that's literally because Aston Martin pulled out of the um, hypercar class. But, of course, now that Aston Martin are run by a Canadian, they will really be good at apologising for what the previous regime did. They will. <laughs> <laughs> to all our Canadian listeners, sorry about that. No need to apologise back. <laughs> um, the other thing that was thinking while well, we were talking about the financials is McLaren are... It's looking patchy, isn't it? Yeah, they've gone for urgent. They've gone to court apparently for urgent funding. Um, I was just I was reading up on this before. I'm not ashamed to say I found it on the BBC's website. Uh, yeah, urgent refinancing to address what it says is severe and unexpected um, financial difficulties. So this is of course by Andrew Benson, who's a very reputable Formula One journalist. Has been around for um, for a long time. So if they're going the, uh, to court, company, if they're going to court, does someone owe them money or do they owe someone money? Uh, I'm not sure. The court documents say there's a there's a bond uh, details of which are subject of the, there's a court case for something. So a court case has been launched to stop a group of creditors blocking McLaren's plans. So that's what it is. Right. So uh, I think this is to do with the um, the mortgaging of the of the. The remortgaging of the classic <laughs> cars is because somebody uh, was saying well, they can't remortgage them because they're already they're already kind of half owned by somebody else. Um, you know they, they they already sold stakes in the in the in the cars and now they've remortgaged them. Uh, an earlier credit agreement of 130 million is now fully drawn according to the court documents. So they had a credit agreement for 130 million and that's been that's gone. 
basically. They spent the whole lot. God, Daniel Ricardo really does turn up at teams at the wrong time, doesn't he? Is he the new Alonso? He could be. <laughs> <laughs> We've signed Ricardo. Shit, here come the bailiffs. Yeah, because we know we know he's good, but Renault red went backwards and now McLaren have run out of money and yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got to think like McLaren run out of money seems like such a strange thing when you consider the the guys that own McLaren, you know, you're talking multi-billionaires. So exactly how does something like McLaren run out of money? It sounds like it's, it feels like creative accountancy. Yeah, it's it's not creative accounting because they, they last month they announced to um, cut 1,200 jobs and said the 280 million pounds that they're trying to raise, and I'm reading the, the, the article here, uh, would be sufficient for the McLaren group to be able to support its operations into 2021. Um, but only 70 of those, I mean, this is the thing. Are we talking the McLaren Autosport or are we talking also? McLaren Group, yeah. So yeah. So the, across the group. Because the uh, the layoffs, I think there was only 70 F1 personnel. Yeah, the, that's, that that's about bell, right. That it was quite a small quite a small amount for the actual it, the race team. Yeah, yeah and the, the, rest, yeah. the rest were in the road car and applied technology teams. And yeah. there's all there is always a, a um, the case of when things like this happen. I mean, obviously, like they're not not things like COVID don't happen all the time. But whenever there is sort of a, a downturn, it's not necessarily uh, panic stations getting rid of people, but like banks will go through a, a large laying off spree. It's like an excuse to thin the herd in lots of cases. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's you know there's there's lots of companies do that, and um, you know it's it's a shitty part of business, but it happens. Yeah. But um, it just it just seems to be very strange that McLaren as a group, with all the funding that they've got behind them, um, well, the Bahraini royal family have also announced a loss within the last um, however long. Uh, from that's from 2018 to 2019. Um, Reading this, it says the uh, the operating income had increased by two hundred and eleven percent to two hundred and sixty seven billion, um, with revenues increasing by eleven percent to reach four point nine billion compared to four point five billion. Its net result is a hundred and twelve point eight million pound loss. So they made a loss, but they're saying it's because they're doing more. That's not yeah, a good business I mean, model. <laughs> no, it's not. But I. I mean, everyone has lost money. Do you know that every every country and every company in the world, right? Um, the the only country that's expanded at all over the last few months, I think, is China. So you know, it's everywhere. Everywhere's lost money. True. Yeah, but that the uh, that the Bahraini royal family thing was for from twenty eighteen into twenty nineteen. That didn't right, include okay. COVID. But yeah, I mean. Everyone's struggling, aren't they, with this sort of COVID thing? And it appears to be that we've not heard anything from Ferrari or Mercedes or Alfa Romeo or uh, Renault, um, you know, the manufacturer teams. What we're hearing here is the garage teams, um, garage Easter teams, McLaren, Williams, Haas. You know, you could maybe argue Racing Point to a certain extent had they not just had a massive takeover of their own, um, you know, within the last year. 
So, and based on the way that went, uh, Stroll only just managed to get it over the line before COVID kicked off. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's um, well, he got the Aston Martin deal over the line, didn't he, just before them? But the the um, the Stroll Consortium that owns uh, Racing Point, which will become Aston Martin F1 next year, the U Tree um, Consortium, could... by the way. The what? Sorry, the U Tree Consortium. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, that's what it's actually called, isn't it? Yeah, U Tree Consortium. Someone that's must have said that as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> or it doesn't mean that in Canada. <laughs> well, it was an operation, wasn't it? A police operation in the UK. If you don't know what that is, listeners, don't Google it. <laughs> or if you do, use somebody else's phone. Google it immediately. <laughs> Just by Lee saying that sentence, that will give you a clue. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, is, it is the garage teams that are in trouble because, of course, I mean, Will, Williams' financial problems have been all over the place for the last few months. Yeah, I want to call them independently owned, but that's not technically correct, is it? Especially with. Not yeah, McLaren. Not owned by a major car manufacturer because you can't really call McLaren Automotive a major car manufacturer. You know, no, they're... but also they're not really independently owned, are they? Because they're they're stock market, and also um, they are um, you know the Bahraini royal family, as we've just discussed, are not short of a few billion. <laughs> What's their money in? Is it are they oil? It must be. Yeah, yeah. it's because the, the, that's they, not they, had a good the, time recently, has it? No, I mean, the, no. Oil, the oil price went negative at one point. Which could be why they're maybe not wanting to just pile so, money into McLaren. So why am I still paying for petrol? It's, <laughs> it's, it, it was a really confusing bit of creative accountancy about oil that you would be able to buy in the next few weeks, but you wouldn't because there was nowhere to store it. So the oil producers were trying to pay people to take oil off their hands because nobody had anywhere to put it. But nobody was buying it, even though they were giving away free money with it, because nobody else had anywhere to store it. Now it's gone back to normal, so they did, they did something sensible and stopped digging up more oil. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, 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 was, it was basically kind of, we've overstocked, buy one, get one free. <laughs> A little bit, yeah, I know what you mean. Um... I know that's, that's, that's probably massively over, oversimplifying it, but I'm not an economist. No, of course, but you know, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's it's not a very exciting thing to talk about. But the the impact is going to be felt by you know the people on the ground. It always is. It's going to be felt by the teams. You know, having to lay off staff, for example. Um, you, you know, where where does it? This, this budget cap is going to be very important. It's going to when it comes in, are we going to see all the teams that are currently in the sport still in the sport when it's implemented and, you know, the teams are able to bunch up for 2022? Bloody 2020 hasn't even started yet. We're already talking two, six, bloody 20 years down the line already. <laughs> so these uh, Maglev F1 cars that we're getting in 2045. I'm hopefully still alive for that. <laughs> Yeah, Lee reckons Alonso will still be driving one of them. <laughs> I think you get good odds on that. 
Yeah, they're powered by ectoplasm, so the ghost of Fernando will be able to actually yeah, finally get another another title. That'd be nice. I, I, I'd take that. Oh, man. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get to the point. It sounds like a really good video game. Um, maybe, maybe we'll get to the point where he can like just upload his uh, mind into a robot and race forever. Or nearly win a championship forever, like some sort of like sick hell that he has to live in. Yeah, there's just one slight problem because the um, the company that's actually closest to making a human-shaped robot with moving joints and moving fingers is actually Honda. Yeah, I thought it was Julian Palmer's family. <laughs> <laughs> moving, uh, moving swiftly on. Um, actually, st- still on the money side of things. God, we're turning into bloody Formula Money here. No, we're not. No, we, we're not. No, we we no, like we like F one. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we don't. We don't t- start telling people that we hate them. Um, yeah. So, mo- moving on to the subject of money, um, RTL are no longer going to be showing Formula One in Germany, free to air. Is this the- is this the end for catching the odd glimpse of Kai Abel's shirt and trouser combos in the paddock? <laughs> Maybe. I hope we- so. Is he RTL? Is he? Is he the? Is he there? Yes, he was. He was there. Uh, their reporter. So unless he yeah. has moved to Sky Deutschland, who now have the exclusive rights for all the races for German audience, then we we may miss him and his colourful wardrobe. Maybe. So it's, it, it's another, good, another, con- it? another country goes behind a paywall. Um, there's going to be. F- I mean, Germany are getting it a bit better than um, a bit better than the UK because they're getting four races for free every but year. Who watches? Who watches four random races of any formula or any sport? Do you know what I mean? Like, the, who, who out there? If it's a championship, you know, we're not talking like um, I, I, UFC, for instance, where, yeah, there's so there's certain people out there that might just watch our fighters' fights. You what? It's a championship. Who watches yeah. four races of a championship? Uh Germans that can't afford Sky. No, but you think you would watch, you would stop watching. I think I saw. Uh, I'm just going to do some uh, some quick googling whilst I'm here as well. Because I saw a tweet that said in 2010 there were seven Formula One drivers on the grid, uh, and for the possibility for 2021 when this comes in, because um, obviously 2020 has already been been signed up. It's just that the season hasn't started. In case you hadn't noticed. Um, there may be no German driver in the sport for 2021. If Sebastian Vettel retires, that that's it. There, there's no German drivers in the sport. Um, they will all have gone. Um, so I think 2011 was like the highest the highest numbers of, of Formula One audiences in um, in Germany, even including the Schumacher glory years. Uh, and then you know to think that less than 10 years later there's going to be nobody. Um, from Germany represented in Formula 1 is a bit strange to say the least so I'm just looking here you had Timo Glock Timo Nick Glock. Heidfeld Adrian Sutil Nico Hulkenberg Sebastian Vettel Nico Rosberg um, and Michael Schumacher I am calling a question mark on the Rosberg one <laughs> German flag on his, his thing well, it was yeah. I mean, he, he, yeah, it was a German flag. Yeah, ger- yeah. German. Right, six, six German drivers and one with a flag. <laughs> six German, one Rossbergian. I would have accepted. We're not playing it again tonight. 
It's funny, no. isn't it? It's funny how um, the, the Germany didn't take to Vettel. Well, I don't know if Vettel was perhaps the reason behind the surge in 2011, which were the uh, highest viewing figures in Germany um, for Formula was One. That, was that Schumacher coming back? That 2010, Schumacher came back. back. Yeah. So, so 2011, you've got a German world champion and the best German driver of all time on the grid. You're gonna, yeah, watch you're gonna, I, you're gonna watch I mean, it. I, I, only, I can only go go off uh, being a, a couple of German Grand Prix and like just seeing no people with Red Bull merchandise on very near. Um, the the queue from the Schumacher. Uh, I, I, I was at two races, one with one with Schumacher in a Mercedes, one without a Schumacher in a Mercedes. Um, both times I went there, there was a oh, like a, a, a store still selling like Ferrari um, Schumacher merch, which had a fucking queue from um, Hockenheim to Stuttgart. There, the uh, when I this the time I went where uh, Schumacher was actually driving in a Mercedes, I couldn't see the end of the queue for people wanting Schumacher merch, and it was really weird because in the like the the area where all the the stuff was, you had all these people around the Mercedes um, uh, store to get stuff, and an empty like literally empty Red Bull stand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, really. I mean, looking at this again, 2010, you've got three Spanish drivers here as well. Pedro de la Rosa, Jaime Algashwari, and Fernando Alonso. And Carlos Sainz is the only, am I right in saying that? Sainz is the only Spanish driver for, for now, isn't he? So it's, mm. yeah. it's, it, you know, it's strange that, you know, you think you would, you would associate more drivers from a certain country would boost the, um, the appeal. But I mean, I guess it's only if they're successful. Yeah, I mean, you, you look you look back into look back into the sort of late eighties and mid nineties. Um, the number of Italian drivers that were around. Yeah, and you know, when when was the last major Italian driver to be? Are you not counting Joe Fidanzi? Successful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if I can finish, Yano truly Yano truly won a race, didn't he? Yeah, but he wasn't. But I mean, he didn't win it in no, a Ferrari, so that, right. that doesn't make him as Italian as he could be. No, Fisichella wasn't. Didn't set the world on fire, really. Um, yeah, crazy. Um, I, I also find it hard to believe there are no Brazilian drivers in Formula One at the moment as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's an unusual situation. Cause what was it when Massa went? It was the first time that F one had been without a Brazilian since. Since the fifties, I think it was. Since, since just about ever, I think it goes in waves, doesn't it? You need a you need a driver there that sort of captures a a country like uh, I think like Lewis Hamilton. Maybe he's done with the UK. We'll probably get some good British drivers come through. Well, uh, uh, I mean, Russell and Fernando, Norris Fernando, are probably sorry. in that glut of having been oh, yeah, inspired ab- by absolutely. Hamilton. Um, you know, it's we had like, like you say, you know, a few Spanish drivers came through. Carlos Sainz definitely inspired by uh, Fernando Alonso. Probably uh, also Carlos Sainz Senior. 
<coughs> yeah, but he didn't copy his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's just like it's not. It you've you've got to have that because even if you have like I don't know a few thousand drivers get into motorsport because of that one like uh, patriotic move to follow a countryman, you're only going to get like maybe one or two drivers that even have the possibility to get to Formula One. <coughs> and then, of course, in the old days, all the pay drivers were Japanese because all the Japanese technology firms were putting money into the cars, and they wanted their yeah. uh, they wanted their homegrown drivers to be uh, driving a car with their with their parts in it. Now um, it's all the Canadian billionaires that are owning the teams, and they're putting their paid driver sons in them. Yeah, I can think of a I can think of an instant way Absolute for to, to boost the viewing figures in Germany, like like an instant way of, of boosting the figures in Germany would Mick be to put Schumacher? Mick Schumacher in a car. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh crap! Mick Schumacher. A cat on the mixing desk. Don't don't touch any other buttons. Dizzy. Germans Oops. are pretty ruthless though with sport, aren't they? You know, if um, even Penal- if they did put him mainly. into a race, sorry. Penalty shootouts mainly. Yeah, but the if you if you stuck him in a race if you stuck him in a race car, Mick Schumacher would have to do well, or he'd be he would they, he wouldn't be supported just because of his surname unless he did, unless he did well. No, but I mean, if he replaces I don't know a driver for one race, either in a Haas or an Alfa Romeo, at some point during 2020, watch those German figures shoot through the roof, especially if there's like a um, uh, you know, a race at Hockenheim, which wasn't supposed to be on the calendar this year. If if there's Hockenheim, and then you know, just for a bit of a spin, um, and I mean, I don't mean actual spinning. I mean, you know, political spin. Um, they put him in the car in the Alpha replacing Giovinazzi, or they put him in the Haas replacing Magnussen. Then watch those viewing figures go through the roof in Germany just to see a Schumacher in Formula One again. Oh, that that kind of that kind of thing could very probably happen. I mean, the the, view, the, the viewing the figures, German not, not necessarily free to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The viewing figures, not putting Mick Schumacher in a car. Yeah, I was going to say, imagine that they'd be free to air anyway. Um, the German race in Germany, much like the British one is in Britain, and you know the French one used to be in France. I don't know how that works now, but I don't think anyone knows how French TV works. All right, for the first time in podcast history, we're actually going to do a jump cut where it isn't news. We're going to pay the rent. Anyone who's dealt with erectile dysfunction knows how awkward it can be to talk about in person. Luckily, there's a simple, convenient solution to get the treatment you need without leaving the couch. Our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need right from home. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a US-licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, your medication can be shipped right to your door with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel any time. 
So if you're struggling with ED, stay home and go to getroman.com slash four wheels for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash four wheels for a free online visit and two-day shipping. Staying on the lack of German drivers thing, it is, it is very odd. And maybe that's behind RTL's move to get rid because they've got no... Um, they've got no one to cheer on. I think Mick Schumacher aside, I can't think off the top of my head of another one that's like imminently threatening a breakthrough. Maybe David Schumacher as well, but... Oh, yes, can't, yeah. forget, don't, can't don't forget, forget the Dave. Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, Ralph. the Ralph of younger Schumachers. <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I wouldn't mind betting he ends up being the better Formula One driver if he gets to, if he gets to Formula One. It did make me laugh when he did one of the um, the iRacing Formula One races and on the Sky coverage, Natalie Pinkham compared him to his uncle Michael rather than his father Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Damning with faint praise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that, that these all these audiences across the world are going behind a paywall, but... It seems to be the business model that you know, new Formula One, you know, owned by uh, the, the Americans. It appears to be the way that it's it's that it's gone, and they they appear to be happy to do that. It's um, well, the, the other thing. The other thing to take into account is, of course, that um, F1 TV is still cheaper in Germany than it is just about anywhere else in the world. That could, okay, that could there be another reason for RTL giving up on it because they they were losing viewers. Because I think it's only something like. For the full package, I think it's only something like seven, 70 euros a year. And I would you sign up to the German one and learn German just for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, there's certain pay TV companies that would charge you that a month just for the privilege of watching Formula One. Uh, oh, so oh, what, what do we think? Then? Oh, wait, oh, well, watching Formula One and getting to find out what Johnny Herbert's favourite restaurant in Budapest is. Do you yeah, think there's a push here? Do you think there's a push to get everyone on the on the app? It wouldn't surprise me because I mean that that makes direct money for F1 slash FOM slash Liberty if it actually yeah. works in your country. Yeah, which of course we're not we're not going to see it here until 2024 at the very earliest. Mm-hmm. Legally, really, 2024. That's how long Sky's deal goes on for, and that's how long Sky's exclusive deal is. So, yes, basically. But it's not the same in the UK, but you can get it in the UK. Oh, no, I mean the, the, the F1 TV Pro with the live races. Yeah, yeah, you can get that in the UK though, can't you? No, you can't. It's still only, really? the, uh, only the highlights and um, replay packages. Oh, my God, that's terrible. UK. No, you, um, I'm counting us as in the UK for like TV reasons. Fair enough. But yeah, U- um, UK isn't going to get the going to get the app for another four years. It, it the only thing I would suggest say there is I find it difficult to believe Sky in the form it's in will be able to carry on doing what it's doing for another four years. You know they are. Um, I do not want to know which Alpha Tauri driver can throw a wheel of cheese the furthest. No, I don't. I, I have no fucking interest in any of it. Because it's clearly uh, but, caveat. But you know they're they're, they're losing um, they're losing shows and things. Like, I I I know um, 
I brought WWE up with these things quite a lot, especially could because they were the first ones to look, to launch their own sort of paid service. But you know, I mean, Sky lost WWE in the UK, and that WWE has always been a Sky thing, and that ended up going to um, BT Sport simply because Sky couldn't afford to keep it. Um, I I just don't see how they can carry on doing what they're doing for another four years, losing subscribers at the rate they're losing subscribers. Don't forget, though, it's football that's um, basically funding Sky. Yeah, but does it, doesn't maybe, maybe, most maybe, maybe of the football can... live, in other, live in other services now? It does, yeah. I mean, Sky has still got the majority of football. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, we're, still, we're talking four years' time here and four years' time of where of, of how, how things might change. Don't forget yeah, as well, all, Sky... All you, Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, all you need to do is look at Sky's original programming now, or stuff that you find on Sky One, and it's... It, yeah, all the things that you would find that would be normal, um, what you call it, like everyday viewing for most people, all lives on streaming services now. Uh, I, I I still think Formula One going to its own streaming service is wrong. I think the best thing they could do, because they've already got the Netflix hookup with uh, Drive to Survive, is they should start broadcasting on Netflix. Yeah, I, was I would say agree tennis, with that. Tennis has a similar sort of situation where Sky binned it off because they decided a full season's worth of ATP Tour Tennis was not good value, even though it cost less than one averagey Premier League game mm-hmm. uh, so that ended up on Amazon Prime yeah, yeah Amazon Prime is weird because you can go and you can find the tennis and you know like where you're on Amazon for those of you who who don't use it you find that your, your Netflix show is like a tile well you find the matches as tiles rather than you know or go into tennis and then see what you can watch no like each match is its own tile like okay I can watch Djokovic versus you know Nadal or you know whatever <laughs> just like to me, it seems very strange the way that, that, that that's been done. That'd be almost like um, going on to Netflix to watch Formula One and having like an on... Instead of having the race to watch the race, you could just, oh, do you want to watch Daniel Ricciardo on board or do you want to watch uh, Carlos Sainz on board or um, Pierre Gasly? Yeah. I, I just want to watch the race, man. <laughs> this, this is how scared Sky were for losing... Uh, subscribers during the lockdown and through the COVID situation is they made it almost impossible to cancel Sky Uh, all all but like like taking the phone off the hook because uh, we weren't watching Sky Um, at the time we didn't know what was going on with Formula 1 we we didn't know whether the uh, season was going to get scrapped or not so I was going to ring Sky up and say, "Look, I don't want, I don't want Sky. I'm not, I don't want to continue to pay for something when the only reason I have it, I have it, isn't here anymore. Uh, I'll quite happily pick my put my subscription back up when Formula One starts." So I phoned up. This was early days of the lockdown uh, to find a two and a half hour waiting period to get through to somebody and even on that uh, on the two and a half hour waiting period it said um that sky would prefer other customers get uh, get in touch via email because they are trying to uh, they are they are trying to uh, service key workers first 
like for some reason, if you were a doctor or a nurse, you might have to desperately get in touch with Sky. <laughs> you know, it's there. So it's you're they're saying like you have to wait for an awful long time, and it's not a free phone number. Uh, or and even if you do get through to us, you know, if you love the NHS, you should probably just keep Sky. Yeah. Which is so weird, you, which is weird because I went on to can, uh, I went on to um, pull the subscription back completely. I did it online. It took five minutes. You can't pull your subscription full fully online, can you? Yeah, they put something up after about after about a week of lockdown. Where they you did could. like a special thing, didn't they? Where you could just like halt certain packages. That was yeah. That was just for for sport. That was that was just for the Sky uh, Sky Sports channels, not for the whole package. Was it just sport? Oh, because that's what that's yeah. what I did with that was anyway. Yeah, the it was they they would give you like a, a a rest period for Sky Sports, but again, I don't have Sky Sports. I just have Formula One, you know the the Formula One part of it. So it, so that was TV. that was no good to me. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, apart from the fact that it costs you a fucking fortune if you want to watch, if you just want to do every race. Yeah, and you watch quality as well. The strange thing is, you can buy, buying the season's not too bad, but buying the yeah, buying each individual race yeah. gets a bit expensive. And the strange thing about Liberty is, of course, they own a, they own a complete media distribution company in the UK because they actually own Virgin Media. Do they? Yes. Mm. But that that would come under that would have to come under the monopoly um, laws. They wouldn't be allowed to just give it to to Virgin Media. They would have to. Um, but this is getting many tangents going on on tonight's podcast. But they would have to, they would have to um, go through the courts and things and make sure that nobody else was going to bid for it or do a better job before they gave it to the, the company that they were also invested in. Mm. Why is isn't there, that kind of? Isn't that just like putting it on their own app though? No, it's because it's a totally different company, and it's, right. I think it's also because Virgin Media is based in the UK and Liberty Media is based in the US. That's an, an external company coming in, essentially. So you would look at, yeah, it would be it would have to go through what's called the Monopolies Commission. Right. Okay. Cool. And Virgin Media are on the method of distribution as well. Liberty don't actually on the internet yet. <laughs> <laughs> Give them time. Uh, where are we? Right, we've had some secret secret shakedown testing sessions in uh, old cars, or in McLaren's case, not F1 cars. Yeah. Thanks, um, Honda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Renault, isn't it? Well, it's 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 kind of, it's kind of Renault. No, it's, it's because of the Honda thing that they can't use their old cars. No, it was it was twenty eighteen cars that they were allowed to use. Yeah, yeah but I, three years I, old, I, don't they? Uh, no, everyone's in 2018. Uh, they got dispensation to your two-year-old cars. Yeah, oh, okay. Renault, Renault wouldn't give them an extra engine. Bastards. Yeah, Renault said they weren't going to give McLaren an extra engine because they're leaving them. Well, do you know what? It may, and it also makes oh, I th- sense. Or I think what they said was, uh, yes, you can have one of next year's. Uh, it makes more sense, something I read today, actually, that um, Renault's uh, data from uh, mid-season testing had the, the three top midfield teams within a tenth of each other. So it is, so in that respect, it you know it's you might not like it, you might think it's a bit grumpy, but if you could not give your competitors an edge, you'd do it. True. True. Um, but I think that uh, the teams have been basically saying that 
things are looking good. Although Lando, Lando said he got out of the car battered and bruised. Which I think an F2 or an F3 car probably doesn't have the same amount of comfort and suspension that the, uh, that the F1 It was does. wet but as well. Did, did he get in it with Ike Turner or something? <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a wet session that the McLaren guys did at Silverstone. Well, they got, they got the tyres working because I can turn a corner. Oh, I could. Thing is, he didn't, did he? <laughs> no, that was uh, that was the issue. Um, well, well, I've completely completely lost lost where I was. Um, Hass has like said, Turner not being able to take corners. <laughs> Hass have yeah. said they're not losing anything by not having a shakedown. Um, they're not gaining anything either. <laughs> yeah, but the main thing that they haven't lost by not having a shakedown is front wings. This is true. <laughs> yeah, this is totally true. But I think it was in a lot of cases it was kind of um, kind of track refamiliarity, getting the drivers driving again and um, have the sessions at the Red Bull Ring because that's where they're going to be um, having the first two races of the season. One of them in Austria and one of them in Styria. Well, I, keep, I, keep wor- I keep worrying that your your Skype's gone down every time it goes. No, no. no I think I think we've got a little bit of a delay on as well because I think we we've spoken over each other a couple of times um, uh, without realizing. But no, the no more yeah, of this after I, this week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've I've noticed that the first three races of the season, the two in Aust- two in Austria or the Austrian and Styrian. Denmark, whatever you want to say, and then the Hungarian Grand Prix uh, w- on last season's form would hugely benefit um, McLaren and Red Bull, but that may not necessarily be the case this year. And for teams to just just decide that they don't, all right, okay, we had February testing, but for teams to decide that the shakedown's not gonna not gonna lose anything from it. You are, because if everyone else is doing one, you're going to get left behind a bit, even if it's just like, you know, a fraction of a bit, even if it's that some of your staff don't feel quite as comfortable going into the race as, I don't know, Mercedes did because they did loads of pit stop practices. And, you know, the Mercedes did a full um, race weekend simulation over their... their, their time at Silverstone, they uh, as though the rest of the paddock was full of teams and 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 press and everything else. They were they ran through their entire processes of getting ready for a race with a, with an actual start time and everything. Um, Albeit with um, less team members in attendance than there would have been at any previous race, because of course you can yeah. you can you can take yeah. less team members to a race this this year. Well, for, it, for exactly. Now. That's a, that's another point to make because I mean if it. How are they going to cope with that when they get there? Like, oh, did you did you take the uh, covers off of the uh, radiators? No, that's normally Gary's job. Yeah, but Gary's not here. We said that that you were doing that. Oh, I don't remember you saying that. Well, too late. The cars are out on track, and they're about to start the race, and that's both our cars out by lap three. Yeah, even also the fact of all the uh, COVID uh, like protections they have to be under now. You know, that was one of the reasons the teams wanted to go and do tests was so they had experience of working under these new protocols. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, but, you know, so they are losing things if they don't do a shakedown. So to say that they're not is rubbish, to be 
quite honest with you. Yeah, I mean, Gunter Steiner said that um, all the practicing under the new protocols are doing, they're doing at the factory rather than rather than at the track. But it just it just seems a little I don't know stilted and a little bit second hand. Yeah, you know, is Haas going in underprepared? Yes. And if they are, they could Just find drivers. themselves behind Williams. I mean, the thing is, turn around and saying, oh, it, we're not losing anything. That's like me saying, oh, it's raining money outside. I'm not going to go outside, but I haven't lost anything. No, you haven't lost anything, but you haven't fucking gained anything either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that they want to do they want to do things their way and... Is it going to come back and I'm not no pun at all, but bite him on the ass? And I didn't. I said ass, not ass. Yeah, yeah. Bite him on yeah, the, so did it was, it was for about the first goal. year. No, that's true. Bite him on the ass. There is there there. Just 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 for proof, I wasn't trying to make a bad joke. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. They just. It seems like when a has going to. Um, when are they going to feel like they're making the right moves? You know, we, 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 we might be wrong. They might hit the track and like their last year's woes might be solved and they might be regular point scorers and everything's fine and uh, Grosjean stops crashing and Magnussen gets faster. But I just don't believe it's going to happen. You know, it's, when are we going to see any sort of upward trajectory from Haas? When the new owners come in? <sighs> Even then... I mean, what are you buying, though? Like, you're literally buying an entry with Haas. You know, you, 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 it's not, there's no, like, facilities for building the car. It's not like you're, you're buying oh, no, a team no, they, which they, is... They, they glue all the parts together in Banbury. <laughs> they do that aero, don't they? I think they do that. Some of it, yeah. And they, yeah, but they, 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 they order their, their fix model and they build it in the factory. Yeah. And their fix model is definitely, come, definitely still comes from somewhere else. Yeah, it it just doesn't doesn't seem like it, it, let's say uh, Williams for instance when people thought Williams might be up for sale. Um you know it's well, you're, you're buying well yeah but you 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 be buying a essentially badly managed we think Formula 1 team but a complete Formula 1 team nevertheless you know it's it's then it's up to you to decide whether you can do anything with it. But I don't know what you're buying with Haas other than the entry a contract to have chassis supplied to you by Dallara, but you've still got to pay more money for them? Probably. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You, you, if you buy a team like Haas, in, you know, you would probably have to take a, a year or two, even perhaps, as you know that same philosophy of buying bits in before you decided, before you decided, before you had the capacity um to redistribute those facilities and reuse them as you know okay well we're going to build everything in house now but because this isn't set up for it it's literally going to take us two years so we have to do what the last team was doing for two years yeah i mean yeah you know you can you you can't put a fabrication plant up overnight no so yeah all right if the new owners come in then two years down the line after an absolute fuck ton of money which is going to have to be spent on it and we're talking we're talking stroll levels here because you yeah know, uh i mean that, that's practically what lauren stroll's doing with racing martin is um he's bought a small factory and he wants to consolidate everything to be 
built and put together all in the same site. So he's built, he's expanding what they've got, but that's taking forever. I mean, that's been delayed for another year now, anyway. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, two I, years I'm, down I'm, the but, line is not ideal either, is it really? Because you're yeah. sort of just at the start of the new regs. Then you've spent two years catching up, and then suddenly everyone's doing something different. Mm. And yeah. I, I like we pointed out with um, Force India when when they were sort of in trouble, you know, it's when when they were constantly on the verge of going bankrupt, they were still producing decent Formula One cars. You know, the, the team's there. The team can do the job. Yeah. Haas, yeah. Haas haven't proved anything yet. And I, th- I think Gene Haas has mu- as, as much as admitted it. I think Haas proved it was a good way to come into Formula One if you were the preferred stepchild like they were when it first happened. Um, but what they are, what we're slowly starting to see from Haas after us lauding how they how they came into Formula One is, it might be a good way to get into the sport, but it doesn't seem to be sustainable because it, it, it was always, as soon as they had to start doing things on their own, we said from the word go, oh, well, how are they going to handle this? And they haven't handled it. No, and they correct. Are, they are in danger of becoming the F1 equivalent of the 30-year-old whose mum still does the washing. Yes, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what they are. They're the Formula One team that lives in the basement. Yeah, they were expecting all of the uh, all of the hand-me-downs, you know, to come down into the basement from you know the the bigger brother upstairs, the bigger, more stylish Italian brother from upstairs but what's actually happened is that Italian brother has found that he's got another brother who's just joined the family what, who's what? more closely related to him so he, what he does now is hand everything to that brother and the brother in the basement who is a has gets nothing yeah. why is cousin Alf getting all the best suits <laughs> uh, cousin Alf <laughs> is that the new one now to replace anonymous Sauber does <laughs> uh, an elf. So, um, other team, all the other teams uh, said that they're going to be testing and shaking down. I, I, except, I'm not sure about Williams. I don't know whether they said they were going to do anything or not. And if they were, got to pay for a track, haven't you? Yeah, I was going to say if it's at Silverstone, would they just sort of turn up in the back of the Mercedes van, jump out, do a quick lap, and then disappear before the uh, before the parking wardens turned up? Maybe, yeah, possibly. But um, yeah, there's a couple of teams doing um, doing um, filming days at Austria, so it's not it's not going to be full speed while the cameras are running. No, they're not allowed to. They can only go into third gear, can't they? Or fourth, I think, since they brought the um, eight speeds in. Yeah, and you're limited on uh, kilometers as well. I I think it's hundred kilometers per driver on a filming day. That sounds familiar. So. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not doing a full shakedown, even though they've got the chance. But it means, of course, they get to put this year's car on track if they're calling it a filming day. So by the time you know, you never know. By this time next week, we could actually see new footage of a 2020 car moving, and not from Barcelona. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, and, and this time next week we'll be previewing a race. That's insane. Actually insane. Pre- next week's show, we're in, not only are we in the same room, but we're previewing a race. Can't wait. We're going to have to wait. buy fancy biscuits. I, th- I, th- I, think, I, think, I think we are talking Marks and Spencer's 
biscuit selection box for next week. It might even be Belgian I, biscuit selection box. I think this I think it's unheard of. I think we might even need some cake. I think brownies. I think we only need to order one of those brownie boxes that were made available by a local confectioner when lockdown happened. Lee yes. turned me onto them, and uh, he was exactly correct that I should have bought them. And it's only because they cost so much that I'm not a lot fatter than I am at the moment <laughs> after the lockdown. It's good stuff. Did Did you get a milkshake as well from this said confectioner? I did not because um, I didn't. I didn't think that would go down go down so well. Trying uh, to deliver uh, a milkshake doesn't doesn't sound like it's gonna work. It's not ideal, and uh, it's it's not the greatest thing for your wallet spending five pounds on a uh, on a milkshake. But they're pretty good. That probably put me off too. Five pounds for a single milkshake? No, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. You could have queued for five hours and got one from McDonald's for two pound fifty. Did anyone see the thing that somebody was trying to say? This is this is totally off topic and totally Isle of Man based and don't, Isle of Man based only. <laughs> don't forget, we're not, we're not, we need to do these now because we're, uh, the Patreon shows don't start again until next week. Of course, but did anybody see the uh, the guy who was trying to sell the um, the uh, the chicken teddy bears on Isle of Man by itself? No, yes. but I wish I had. It was one of the grossest things I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it, chicken teddy bear. So it's a t- teddy bear that basically he makes the teddy bear out of a chicken carcass. Oh. And it's a toy for your children to play with, apparently. I assume uh, but it's this totally is going to be like plush chicken, not nope. taxidermy no. chicken. No, no, not even taxidermy chicken. I'm going to find this and I'm going oh, I'm I'm to share it to our group. And uh, we can share it on the Discord group later. If I put it, if I put it in the chat, then Paul can stick it in the discard. Discard, Discord chat. But yeah, basically, uh, the 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 idea was the the uh, raw chicken, which your children can play with. Then you can cook them and eat them. First off, who's who's saying it's a really good idea for your kids to play with raw chicken? No. And no, it's a terrible idea. And secondly. Who's going to want to cook that and then eat it after your kids have been playing with it? I think it I'm, might have been a spoof, but knowing some I'm, of the people I'm seeing here, it, like, all over the world. It appears to have been shared globally. Uh, including on msn.com. Oh. This appears to, have, this appears to be a um Somebody's taking a global initiative. thing and posted it in a local thing. Yes, because, we, because this is the kind of thing we should import to the Isle of Man. <laughs> I can't import uh, anything. The borders are still shut. Oh, good God! Lee's seen it. Terrifying. Lee, Lee has found it. <laughs> yeah, I assume I'm looking at the right kind of thing. It's it's weird. It's now in the it's now in the group. Let me. Uh, let me... Oh yes, I've, that... I've just I've just heard the uh, I've just heard the group message. Yeah, now that needs to go on. Uh, that needs to go on the Discord so that everybody yes. who's uh, joining in tonight it, can have a look at that too. It looks like someone's made a cuddly toy out of human flesh. Yes, it does. Yes. This is this is the one that appears to uh, have done the rounds in America. Also, <laughs> oh, they've done it with a pig as well. They've made a, <laughs> they've made a little they've made a little piglet out of pork. No, they're wrong. <laughs> Hell. Fucking bells. Um, Jesus Christ. Lee, find another device that connects to the internet and one that uh, one that picks up your direct messages and start asking us some questions quick. 
I agree. Do we want to talk about Alex Zanardi before we move on we to should. Total Shunt? I, I was going to save that till the end, but um, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, because um, people might not be listening. We know some people don't like to, to the Total Shunt, so it's probably right that we mention it now. Hmm. So, um, for, those, for those of you that didn't know, Alex Zanardi was seriously injured in a crash at the weekend in a handbike race where... Um, he strayed over the centre line of a dual carriageway and uh, was unfortunately hit by an oncoming lorry. Um, at the moment, he's in a serious but stable condition in hospital in Italy, uh, where he's had um, face reconstruction surgery and um, neurosurgery for a traumatic head injury. Three, three hours of neurosurgery he had. Um, so, you know, he's, he's had a massive accident before, of course. Alex Zanardi, if you don't know, was the gentleman who lost his legs in a massive... It was an IndyCar crash. It was IndyCar in yes. Germany in 2001. Yeah. yeah. Um, former former Formula One driver, um, many motorsports he's, uh, he's taken part in. But after losing his legs, decided he wasn't going to quit racing. Um, went and carried on racing. It was a huge inspiration to Billy Munger as well. And Billy Munger had his accident. Uh, the two of them met. Uh, for a BBC documentary. It's fantastic. I highly recommend you go and watch it. Um, the man's a huge inspiration. He became a Paralympian and, um, you know, racing hand bikes. He's won gold medals, which is what he was doing um, at the weekend when he unfortunately had his accident. Clearly wasn't expecting one of the uh, truck lanes to still be open, which is uh, unfortunate to say the least. So uh, we all hope that Alex Zanardi can can pull through and uh, you know make a make a full recovery. Obviously, it's major surgery. We don't know how he is, but but hopefully he uh, he gets well soon. Yeah. The last the last bulletin on Saturday was he was in intensive care and is in a stable but serious condition. So you know we, we all, all the best, you know, Alex Zanardi, and, well and, and his family as well because they've gone through it, they've gone through it once already with him. They don't they don't need to go through it again. No, definitely not. Yeah, no, he's total inspiration as well, that man, so all the best. Shall we shunt it? Let's do it. Oh, hang this on, one... in which case, I need... wait, 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 I need to close things. Yes, screens uh, Wikipedia away. still open from my um, German Formula One drivers before, but go on. That could be deemed as cheating. Let, well, it depends yeah, well, if it's I've, a just, I've just closed it, so... Let me just minimise Discord, now, I'll, now all I've got open in front of me is the uh, recording I'm software. I'm minimise Dizzy. You don't minimise Dizzy. She no. minimises you. Anyway, who sent this week's in? This was sent in by Jim Baxter with a good, easy-to-say name. <laughs> Jim, we're very disappointed. You could have made something better up. <laughs> uh, it, it's just as well that that's what his name is because he's got Japanese right next to it. <laughs> and... <laughs> so it might not be it might not be said Jim Baxter. No, no, I, 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 I believe he has a good, honest, easy to say name. <laughs> <laughs> I was born good. in 1978. Okay, okay, so 42. 42. Years. I won the Cadet Class Cart Championship in France in 1992. The age of fourteen, A bit old for karting. Cadet class is like is I think your your 
moderate sized engine. It's, that's, that's, it's, that's, that's your 1,000cc bike engine. I think job, it's your last it? one before you get in a single seater. Mm. Okay, so somebody like, well, I was going to say Olivier Panis would be older than that. But a French driver who may have emerged in late 90s, early 2000s. Not necessarily French. Um, no, not necessarily. I had a nasty accident at Le Mans, at the Le Mans circuit uh, and broke a few bones. I'd like a guess. How old is Anthony Davidson? Don't think he's, don't think he's 42. He is about 42. Mm. He's not been an F1 for a solid decade. True. Because he broke his yeah. back a couple of years ago, didn't he? His back and his, yeah, back and something else in, the, in quite a spectacular accident. Mm. Anthony Davidson's a, a, a good shout because I, I think, think he raced in a fair opener. few, yeah, okay. fair, fair few places. We'll go with that, I think, for a first guess. Uh, I raced against Mark Wemmer, Wemmer? Mark Webber. Luca Bordeaux, uh, Enrique Bernalde, Nick Heinfeld, and Sebastian Bourdais. That could easily still be Anthony Davidson, or pretty much anyone else who's F1 career spanned late 90s into early noughties. Yep, could be. Oh, I think maybe Luca Sebastian as well, Late perhaps. 90s into mid-teens. <laughs> Wemi would be 42, yet would he? Buemi is um, Buemi is my age. Okay, so no. Um, I was pivotal pivotal in the launch and development of the GP two series. Okay, so GP two started in two thousand and five. Was it first year? I think so. Yes, that sounds about right. Yeah, I have raced. In seven Grand Prix. Oh, that's not many. That's, that's, that's true. That's less than Anthony Davidson. Yes. More than me, though. So it's somebody who's done like a stand-in for someone. Someone like uh, um, Frank Montani, who French driver who drove a Super Aguri when oh god, UGE Day was deemed too crap, and did some of a season. Was it, yeah, was it Super Aguri he drove for and then he went and moved on to another team the following season? But I don't think he actually, I think he was only a reserve driver. Frank Montani is a good shout. From that year when we had Montani, Montero and Montoya. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the three letter abbreviations did not work. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be fair, I mean, realistically, they should have just gone with Montoya's abbreviation and then, I don't know, stuck like a one or two after the other ones. <laughs> well, they, no, were, they were easily forgotten. Well, no, the other two, you could have done it even easier. DNF. Yeah, or just... Uh, <laughs> For Montoya, you've got the option of JPM. True. Yeah, I suppose Michael Schumacher had MSC, didn't he? Because obviously Brother Ralph would have had the... Uh, same was, same three letters at the beginning well, of the surname. He, he was Royal Shakespeare Company, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> it makes as much sense as Montoya being J.P. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I have three. Alan, oh, no, give me a guess. Are you going with that guy's a guess? Go with Frank, Frank Montani? Yeah. Yeah. I have three LMP1 podium finishes at, Le, at Le Mans, at the Le Mans 24 hours. I wish there was more words in that sentence and I didn't have to put the other bits in. <laughs> I don't know much about endurance racing, but that seems like anyone who's slog in it. Yeah, it seems like anybody who's been in any form of motorsport at any point has got a podium some point during an endurance race somewhere. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'm I'm getting to that much into sim racing. Saturday afternoon, half past twelve. The um, i racing twenty four hour of Le Mans was due to start at one, and I'm thinking, shall I try and get a team together? <laughs> I did, and I went out and got drunk instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have been employed by Renault, Jordan, Super Aguri, and Toyota F1 teams. That's, who, think that's who we went to after uh, after Super Aguri, I'm convinced. Toyota. Yeah, yeah I think it might have been. But that's, um, I, think we, I think Frank Montani is a solid shout. Uh. In 2006, this isn't uh, uh, going to help you, is it? Uh, oh, no, no. Is it Bertrand Gashou? Gashout? Is that his, how you pronounce Gashout. his surname? Gashou. Yeah. In 2006, I became the first active F1 driver since him to participate in the Le Mans 24 Hours. Okay. Where well, I'm thinking he must have got a podium. Maybe. <laughs> You are on number 10. After Formula One, I raced in Formula E for Andretti Auto, for the Andretti Autosports team. I think he did. I don't remember I don't, him in Formula E. I think he I don't a, remember him in Formula E, but that's not to say that he wasn't no. in it. Don't forget what the, you, don't what you're the, trying to say is, I don't remember anything from Formula E. Don't forget, the first Formula E season was about as memorable as Frank Montani's career. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> Formula E was when when it first started, and and still kind of the case now. Formula E was originally full of drivers that you'd already forgotten about. Correct. <laughs> if if I could, <laughs> if I can quote the infamous Facebook message that kicked this whole bloody thing off. Lot of F one X F one drivers in Formula E. Still a bit crap though. I just like the idea that Formula E is kind of like CIA uh, racing drivers. That you know, you you see them and you kind of recognise them, but then as soon as they've gone, they're ghosts and they disappear from your memory. <laughs> yeah, you, you get um, Men in Black style flashing yeah. pen. That's it, it's, son. Yeah. They're like they when they come into Formula E, they've got to be checked for scars and tattoos, so there's no distinguishing marks. <laughs> Formula Kaiser Soze. Yeah, here is your helmet. It is matte grey, same as everyone else's. <laughs> Oh, that one Formula E fan is going to hate us. What, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> they already do. Formula, I get a lot of hassle from Formula E fans on Twitter. Yeah, yeah but not when it's raining because the, um, the solar-powered phones can't send the tweet. <laughs> uh, also, would you drive electric in the rain? I wouldn't. No. 
<laughs> I do like the fact that they drive Formula E in the rain and like uh, IndyCar must be there going, we are going to have to start doing this one day because the electric guys are making us look like right bricks. I was <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, saying that, I'll probably watch some of the, what is it, six Formula E races in nine days at Berlin Tempelhof Airport? Yeah. yeah that's going to be quite fun, I think, to be honest with you. It might get a bit tedious towards like race five. Oh, no, or it's, it's, it's going to be three different track configurations. Yeah, but even still, when you've seen like, oh, yeah, it's the same track layout as the first lot. Are they doing it one, two, three, one, two, three sort of layout, or is it one, one, two, two, three, three? I um, hope they're doing it like Mario Kart, where the, where the racetrack actually changes lap after lap. <laughs> I keep them on their toes. <laughs> sure, that was a left on the last lap. Uh, well, let, let's be. It, it would go really well too, wouldn't it? Because like Formula E is not known for its crashes at the best of times. <laughs> they have the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm probably going to get mutilated for this one as well. Um, should we go, Frank Montani? Yes. Is there so. is there a spaffer? Is there a spaffer? There is a spaffer. We, ha- we don't uh, need would, it. Do you want think. the spaffer or are you going for it? No, I don't think we need it. Should we go for it? It was Sean's guess. I'll let Sean have the final decision. It was decision. not my guess. I think it was, was your it guess. I came out with Anthony Davidson. It was oh, right. Was it, it was Paul? Me. Was it you? Oh, Sorry. Apologies. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, Paul. Are you Frank it's- Montani? I am Frank Montani. Excellent. Choice. Well yeah, done. Absolutely smashed that one. The spaffer was my racing career all but came to an end when I tested positive for cocaine. Excellent. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would not have helped. I did not know that. No, I didn't. How could you I drive a Formula E car while on cocaine? I heard a cracking joke. It's organic. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I heard a cracking joke the other day that this is this has reminded me of uh, because I was speaking to somebody about um, Nigel Farage starting another political party. The person I spoke to said, fucking hell, that guy started more parties than cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell. Um, let's think. What am I saying? Uh, yes. So next week, back to normal. How do you send in a total shunt? And you, you you could send him one and be our first one on YouTube for a while. Yeah, you can tweet me at a total shunt in a private message, or you can send me a private message on Instagram. I am going to have to go through these, actually, and sort of package them together and make, because they're a bit all over the place at the minute. <laughs> the, uh, they're, they're like Schrodinger's shunts they sort of <laughs> exist and don't exist at the same time they're just bouncing around all over the place <laughs> so are... if anyone that's sent one in that's waiting for for theirs to be done you might as well just give me a little poke little poke saying it's this one and we'll get them all up to the top again and then i can whip them off and put them in like a i don't know a list <laughs> <laughs> and the and the more syllables in your name especially with the more consonants the better yeah, if we could start spelling uh, complex names with more than four letters, uh, we can start spelling them phonetically. That would be sound. Nice. And if you've got like one of those impronounceable like foreign names that sounds like you're a fucking Klingon, uh, just give me a little audio file telling me what it is. That's not hard, is it? How do you know if your name is Klingon? Um... 
You live I in Finland. <laughs> well, let's let right. Anything, anything with silent letters and umlauts. There you go. <laughs> that's, that helps. Like, if you've got an umlaut in your name, just take it for granted. I haven't got a fucking clue what you're called. <laughs> Santeri, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I have an accent on one of my letters, so I, I, I feel the pain. <laughs> If you want to get in touch with the rest of us, you can get us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Three Legs Four Wheels. Um, email Three Legs Four Wheels at gmail.com and individually on Twitter, we are at Sean Cowper without an accent. Uh, no, yeah, don't 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 dick about that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at Flood Twenty One and at Pablo One Hundred. Um, I, I await all your Formula E abuse. <laughs> <laughs> So do we all. So do we all. Uh, if anyone's been following the iRacing that we've been doing this year, it's been a really good laugh. We usually have races uh, Sunday nights at about 8 o'clock UK time. And uh, the one coming up this weekend, we are doing the Skip Barber Cars at the Indianapolis Road Track. Lee, you going to take part in this one? I will do. I missed I missed Sundays because I was. by the time I realised what fucking time it was, the race had started. It was NASCAR. It was hell. <laughs> yeah... Fuck it. So what is it, Indy and a Skippy? In, uh, yeah, Indy Road Course in a Skippy. Oh, that sounds fun. So if you want to take part and you don't already know how, uh, drop us a tweet or get in touch on Discord. If you just do, go on to Discord and search for Three Legs Ball Wheels, you'll be able to find our server. And uh, we'll be back next week. The Patreon shows will return as well. For all our wonderful patrons that subscribe at patreon.com slash Three Legs Ball Wheels. Um, yeah. So you get the extra show. You get the uh, you get the main show a little bit early. Uh, we'll be back to ne- back to Tuesdays from next week for all our regular listeners. And patrons will get it Monday nights with a patron show later on in the week. And um, yeah, I think that's about it, really, isn't it? I think so. so. Yeah. So. So race preview next week then. Race preview. Yes. Race preview next week. We have got something to look forward to. Where we're looking forward to something. Yes. <laughs> That's double looking forward to, so we're looking forward to it twice as much. I, I ge- genuinely can't wait for this for, for the first race. I'm so excited for it. I'm starting to get excited again. I hope it's a flag to flag snooze fest. Just, <laughs> just to see the, everyone's. Eh, eh, like, eh, just when 2020 looked like it was going to give you some entertainment, no. Like, not a single overtake and four seconds between the cars because of... Uh, Social tables, distancing. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Lee, you're a little ray of sunshine in these troubled times. Get well soon, Alex. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.